0: The information in this skill is provided for informational and educational purposes only. Welcome, and thank you for listening to the Multiple Sclerosis Flash Briefings. When your relapsing multiple sclerosis begins to change, how you treat it should change too. Think beyond relapses and choose a treatment that can help delay disability progression. Find out more at changesinrms.com.
1: My name is Jennifer Powell. I am a columnist with Multiple Sclerosis News Today. Today I will be reading about how children with MS can have cognitive problems that persist into adulthood. Cognitive problems can persist into adulthood in people whose multiple sclerosis begin in childhood or adolescence and are linked to neurological issues and delays in treatment initiation a study reports. Early use of DMTs and approaches designed to preserve cognition should be encouraged for pediatric or early-onset MS patients, its researchers stated. These findings were detailed at MS Virtual 2020 by Angelo Bellinvia with the University of Florence in the oral presentation Cognition and Socioprofessional Attainment in Pediatric Onset Multiple Sclerosis, a reappraisal after 10 years. Statistics indicate that nearly 30% of MS patients with disease symptoms before adulthood have some degree of cognitive impairment, evident both in their educational performance and their ability to engage in social activities. Investigators reviewed 10 years of data from a group of Italian patients with pediatric onset MS, otherwise known as POMS. They evaluated how cognitive impairments affected their ability to achieve professional and social milestones as adults. Of the 63 POMS patients initially assessed in 2008, 48 were reassessed 5 years later and 31 17 females and 14 males with minimal disability were reevaluated after 10 years. All POMS patients analyzed had a relapsing remitting disease course. Reevaluations consisted on a battery of neuropsychological tests to assess patients' neurological and cognitive abilities, including verbal learning, visual-spatial learning, language, attention, and information processing speed. Patients who failed two or more of these tests were considered to be cognitively impaired. The modified work and social assessment scale was used to determine their socio-professional achievements, the severity of depression and fatigue are being assessed using the Montgomery Asperg Depression Rating Scale and the Fatigue Severity Scale, respectively. Statistical analysis were also used to identify possible predictors of cognitive impairment and socio-professional performance. The 31 patients with 10-year data were also matched with 31 healthy individuals, serving as controls for comparison. Previously published results at five years of follow-up showed that 56% of the 48 patients had a deterioration in their cognitive change index compared with their initial assessment. Five-year data also showed the disease had a negative functional impact on daily living activities for 53% of patients and on family and social relationships and school activities. At the recent conference, researchers reported available data from a 10-year assessment. Cognitive impairment based on test results was found in 17 of these 31 patients and not in the other 14. Compared to those whose cognitive abilities had remained stable over 10 years, Patients with worsening cognition tended to have higher EDSS scores at baseline, indicative of great disability, a mean EDSS of 2.0 in this group versus 1.0 in those with preserved cognition. Investigators also found a lower intelligent quotient score on first evaluation and those with cognitive impairment compared to those showing preserved cognitive abilities. Declining patients were also less likely to have used a DMT at the study's start than did those with stable cognition. Statistical analysis confirmed that cognitive impairments at 10 years associated with a lower IQ and DMT lack at the study's start. Across the study's patient population, The average WSAS score was 3.7, indicating problems with psychosocial functioning and attainment that were not clinically relevant. However, WSAS scores were higher among patient subgroup with cognitive difficulties than those with perverse cognition, suggesting poor socio-professional attainment. Higher WSAS scores indicate greater functional impairment, and a score of 6 is suggestive of marked difficulties. Cognitive impairments, higher EDSS scores, and being older at the time of MS onset were all seen as early predictors of poor socioprofessional attainment in adulthood, the investigators found. Of these factors, however, only the prevalence of of cognitive difficulties was associated with poor functional outcomes at 10 years of follow-up. In conclusion, in our cohort of pediatric MS subjects, cognitive impairment remained significant in adulthood, affecting 55% of cases. Lower IQ and the absence of DMT treatment at baseline were associated with cognitive impairment after 10 years Belinvia said, adding that diminished cognition was associated with poorer socio-professional outcomes. Therefore, early treatment and promotion of strategies aimed at enhancing intellectual enrichment and/or building cognitive reserve have to be recommended in pediatric subjects with MS. He said. Bolinvia also emphasized that data collection and further analysis of this POMS patient group are continuing, with particular emphasis placed on assessing the severity of depression and fatigue in these adults.
2: Coming up next, perspectives from MS News Today columnist Ed Tobias.
0: You always do what you can to keep your relapsing multiple sclerosis in check. But if your relapsing MS is starting to change, it can affect your mind and body in new and different ways. So it's important to choose a treatment that goes beyond relapses, one that can help you stay ahead of disability progression. Take charge of your relapsing multiple sclerosis. Learn more at changesinrms.com.
2: I'm patient columnist Ed Tobias with some news and comments from the MS Wire. Many people with multiple sclerosis get tattoos. Often, it's a way to deliver a statement about MS to the world. Or perhaps it's just a personal message to the person sporting that tattoo. But a new report cautions that too much ink may create a health issue for some folks. According to a study published in the Journal of Applied Physiology... The concern is heat, and we know how bad heat can be for people with MS. Our bodies are cooled when we sweat. Sweat is produced by eccrine sweat glands. They're found all over the body. Researchers have discovered that tattooed skin sweats less than normal skin. Why? Getting a tattoo requires as many as 3,000 skin punctures every minute and researchers suspect the tattooing process might damage those sweat glands. If the glands are damaged, the risk of overheating likely increases. Small tattoos are less likely to interfere with overall body temperature regulation, according to the study, but if tattoos cover a lot of the body, the reduced sweating, the study says, could impact heat dissipation. I've always wondered how sweating is related to my MS. I rarely sweat. I can exercise or bake in the heat and humidity and hardly a drop is produced. So I wonder if my MS caused the dryness, or has my lack of sweat been a cause of my MS? Do I have damaged sweat glands, even though I don't have any tattoos, and could that have a connection to my MS? I took a small sweat survey last year and asked if others with MS have the same anatomical abnormality as me. Many said they do. Some said it began after they were diagnosed with MS, but others couldn't remember ever sweating. On the other hand, an equal number of people said they do perspire. Some said sweating had increased after their MS diagnosis, and some of those said they sweat profusely. Fifteen years ago, the same medical journal that published the TAC2 report published a study about MS and sweat. It concluded that people with MS have diminished sweat gland function due to damage to parts of the nervous system that are involved in regulating body temperature. So that brings me back to tattoos. If you are interested in keeping your MS in check by keeping your body heat down and your sweat flowing. It might be a good idea to limit the number of trips to that tattoo parlor. How can you stand being stuck 3,000 times a minute anyway? I got needle fatigue just from weekly injections of Avonex.
0: The information in our flash briefings and podcasts are provided for informational and educational purposes only. Be sure to tune in daily to Multiple Sclerosis News today. For the latest news and perspectives regarding the disease. Discover more content that might be of interest to you at www.multiplesclerosisnewstoday.com and be sure to follow us on social media and join our Multiple Sclerosis News Today forums, a trusted MS community ready to welcome you anytime.